Hello, welcome to the Context Podcast. Uh, I'm Kat Reiser here filling in for the advanced design team. And today I am sitting with Daniel Bailey, who is in town for ComplexCon. Um, Daniel, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So, um, yeah, Daniel Bailey, also affectionately known as Mr. Bailey. Um, I'm a footwear designer, well, I'm a product designer, focused mainly on footwear. Um, and I also am the founder of Concept Kicks, which is two things. It's an inspiration platform and also a design studio based in London. Great. So is that where you're living now? You're in London? Yeah, in London. Yeah, yeah. And have you always lived in London? No. Um, I've been a bit of a gypsy growing up, to be fair. I was born in Cyprus. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my father is a, well, was a British soldier. And my mum's German. And so... While we were while they were stationed in Cyprus, they, my mum popped me out over there, and then we moved to army camps all over the place. So raised in Germany, then uh, came to England, then went to America, Crete, Greece, Belgium, so all over the place. But now I'm in London, at least for the past three years. So we'll see how much longer. Great. And so while you were moving around, what initially drew you to design? Um. I think this is something that's been in my family for quite a while. So my auntie actually, uh, well, my mom's very artsy anyway. And then one of my aunts studied uh, architecture. Mm. And from when I was like, I don't know, as far back as I can remember, like when I was like four or five or six, she used to like draw, she used to do this exercise where she would draw on a piece of paper. She would do like a scribble. And then she would ask me to make that scribble 3D. And then she asked me to make it transparent. And so like, two-point perspective was like something that I kind of understood from quite a young age and then just that thought process I guess of looking at objects in a slightly different way kind of manifested itself into the different parts of you know sketching and just looking at objects and then I got into basketball like heavily and you know basketball players always love shoes and stuff like that so I was always just I was always sketching anyway and then I started sketching shoes and yeah, then I, I actually just didn't, I was kind of ignorant about it, to be honest. I, um, I went over to America to play basketball at university, and I was studying graphic design, because I just figured, well, that's, of course, that's what you'd study if you wanted to design shoes. Mm-hmm. And then they told me, I applied for an internship at Nike, and they were at Nike for footwear design, and at the time, the website only like had a drop-down menu for like industrial design, like product design. And so uh, I found out about <laughs> product and industrial design that way. Mm. So that's kind of the, one of the reasons why I set up Concept Kicks was because I, I feel like there needed to be more information out there about you know how to, you know some of the possible ways to get into the industry because I didn't really see it um, up until that point. So nobody, while you were at school, nobody flagged, "Hey, if you want to do shoes, you should go down no. the fashion route." Or... I, no one really said that, and, and I also think that was, I mean, that was partly. In, in massive part like my fault but never I, I don't think I ever specifically said to anyone that I wanted to design shoes um, you know for, in my mind I was going to be the second coming of Michael Jordan you know so I didn't really you know think about any other ro- like roots until I got injured and then um, kind of quickly came to the realization that I wasn't going to be an NBA superstar um, but then that focus kind of like shifted 
to to footwear and that's kind of when I started started to really dig in and then I found out that I was actually maybe not in the right major but as soon as I got into industrial design it was like my whole world opened up I didn't even know this was a thing and so it was almost like that's when this whole like second life kind of you know showed its head was good and something good coming out of an injury hopefully yeah definitely (laughs) I'm super like grateful to that that injury so so did you end up leaving, um, where, I'm sorry, where did you study while you were in New York? So I studied at Montclair State, oh. um, and luckily they had a new industrial design, pro- a fairly new industrial design program, so I just stayed in the same school. Um, I literally like found out, I'd say I found out on a Monday, I applied on a Tuesday and I was in within, I was like in a program within a week. So it all happened very, like, I was very lucky. Um, I had a bunch of like random sketches that I showed again because you know you had to go through the process and all that stuff but luckily as terrible as those sketches were I managed to get in so it was all good good to hear and so you went through that program at Montclair and what were your first steps out of school pursuing industrial design or footwear design so it was actually quite a tumultuous journey um so after because I was on a student f1 visa Mm So with that, um, you're allowed a year after your after you graduate, or it can actually be before you graduate to to work in your area of study. I felt that I wasn't like my skills weren't sharp enough with like say the sketching, Photoshop, rendering, specifically for footwear. It's quite I think rendering in Photoshop and other like programs for footwear is quite a specific skill, um, and so. I just wanted to really get better at that. So what I actually did was I worked as a waiter and then I'll just be at home pretty much the entire time I wasn't working, working on my sketching and rendering skills. Um, so it turns out, so I left America and I went back home to visit my parents um, after my visa was over. And I came back as... Um, I just tried to come back on a, on a regular tourist visa, but they uh, something went wrong. It's completely my it was my own fault, and basically, I wasn't allowed back in the country. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that kind of like turned my world upside down. That's like you know going from living in New York to shit. What am I gonna do now? Um, sent me back. So because basically they send you back to the airport that you just arrived from. So it doesn't matter if you've transferred. Mm-hmm. Uh, I transferred through Belgium. Didn't know anybody in Belgium, so they were like, "Well, we're going to send you back to Belgium," because uh, I didn't even have a flight back. So. Yeah. Um, I, I managed to persuade them to send me to London because my mum happened to be in London at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, this was before I, you know, before I now live in London. I didn't know anybody there either, and uh, you know, broke student getting sent back to London. It was it was interesting. I spent a lot of time in Starbucks, just like working, just like still doing the same stuff. Um, but like the, you know, that, that was like basically the start of my, <laughs> of my career, really. It was just like completely fresh new start. And I think it was, you know, another kind of blessing in disguise, really. When it all happened, it was, it was never really a negative thing. It was kind of like, a, all right, like this is going to be super interesting for like my film that gets made in like 20 years <laughs> when somebody's you know interviewing I mean? you on a yeah exactly you know, every, every like you know kind of uh saucy kind of storyline that goes like that happens i view everything as like a like a storyline that's gonna you know how how is daniel going to react to this or whatever <laughs> do you know what i mean um and so i kind of viewed it like that 
and um, yeah, it it was an interesting start, but you know, it ended up like I say being an absolute blessing in disguise while I was in America. You know, definitely separate from my family, obviously, and and all that stuff, and kind of being put in that position. I had to go back to my parents and and and, and connect and, and be back in that environment and it, i'm like again super grateful for that as well so it kind of gave me that like that nesting to be able to uh be independent and start my own thing because you know it's not easy when you're first starting out you're not making that much money um and just building that up from the ground up in that environment was super important so yeah the, the beginning of the career was was tricky but as you can see we're in chicago right now so they let me back in eventually <laughs> <laughs> that's good we're glad you're here yeah so let's go to the moment do you feel like there was a time when things started to take off and turn for the better yeah i mean um i think i've kind of done a lot of learning while doing uh making a lot of mistakes or just kind of ill-advised, you know, choices in, not necessarily in my like regular life, but in as far as I would say in particular to footwear. So me and my friend started a brand and we decided to, like, decided to do everything from scratch, new sole molds, everything. And bear in mind, we had no money, you know? So, you know, that in hindsight was probably not the smartest choice, but I learned so much from it. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of struggling, a lot of learning. I wouldn't say things really started to click properly until I moved to London, and that was only three years ago. Um, I think if you, if anybody's been following even myself or Concept Kick's journey, I think you you'd have definitely seen a bit of an uptick in the past, I'd say, two and a half years. Um, and that's because of just, you know, um, you know, I, I had some really big, like, you know, great projects while I was, you know, uh, elsewhere. Um, but it was kind of one of those things where just that exponential kind of building on top of what you've already built, you know, it, it takes a long time to build it. And then suddenly the successes seem to just kind of pile on all, all at once. And I'm still feeling like I'm still kind of in this phase of building on top of what I've already built. So it's kind of happening. It's happening very fast. Um, but it's taken, you know, a long time to get here. So. Yeah. So you would you identify as one of the original sneakerheads? No, I'm not a sneakerhead at all. No. No, no. Um, like, it's funny because people always assume I'm a sneakerhead, mm -hmm. but I just love from from I love like footwear from a product design like point of view. As far as it's just, it's a great vessel to realize your like creative ideas. Uh, in a physical format in a way that doesn't take like two years and needs you know doesn't you don't have to reach like a certain government safety standard or something so i mean i did some i did some um some vehicle concepts I actually went when i was living in belgium i worked on this like super innovative um jet ski concept um which we actually built with like a formula one team in italy and you could you basically you could steer the jet ski with your own uh, body motion. It was super cool. Oh. Uh, you had like a hydro force system in the front. You know, it was a lot of. I was working with um, a hydro. Um, what was it? What was it? I forget exactly what he does, but his, his specialty was like watercraft. 
And um, yeah, but that was super interesting learning experience that never actually came out as far as I know, just because of like the safety standards of like of what you had to do to, to like make that a commercial a commercial project a, a product was crazy. Mm -hmm. And so you know that timeline, the amount of money that was invested in that, you know, in comparison to you know you can be on an internship uh, at a brand and have a shoe commercial as commercially available within six months. You know, obviously the timeline for development and all that stuff is quite can be quite long, but I think you know I, I'm I love footwear and all that stuff, but I'm not the guy that's going to know the release date of a sneaker or the name of a sneaker. Pretty much every sneaker I have, not to like, not to stunt or whatever, but like it's been given to me, mm -hmm. you know, for the most part. Um, so and I think that that actually gives me a bit of an advantage because I. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm at Paris like Fashion Week and I'm doing all this stuff and fashion is definitely a big part of footwear. It's an undeniable part. It's, it's as much of a functional object as it is a fashion piece. Um, so those are like inherently intertwined. Um, but as like a sneakerhead that's going to wait in line and, and know when the releases and all that stuff, that's not me for sure. So I definitely wouldn't consider myself an original sneakerhead for sure. <laughs> gotcha. But you have curated, you mentioned yeah. your online presence. Yes. Um, you have concept kicks. Mm -hmm. So how that started, do you think before sneakers started to kind of catch fire or? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I think the kind of the rise of the sneaker has really been fairly recent, you know, with the whole kind of dad sneaker fashion vibe and that's really kind of launched sneakers into a different kind of stratosphere really um which is cool i mean that definitely is great timing for someone like me um and all the people that i kind of you know associate with so you know arguably the whole thing you know like takashi and and a lot of the other projects that my friends are working with like virgil and, and all this stuff you know timing wise couldn't be better um but i think when, when i first started it came from a place of I love basketball. I love function um, in in sneakers, and I'm like, you know, I'm always that. It's always that that mixture of love to look good, or at least, you know, as long as I think I look alright, you know, what, what other people think is <laughs> it might be something else. But uh, but then also mixed with you know that function and having a direct, like having that aesthetic be a direct derivative of a function is something that I really love. So you know, kind of playing with both of those worlds is interesting. Um, and so I think that's where Concept Kicks, you know, and Mr. Bailey and all that stuff kind of, it will always, as fashionable or whatever it may become, it always, every, sing, every single project will come back to those kind of values. Um, and so that's where like Concept Kicks started was, I used to just save images of just things that I found that were interesting and, and wouldn't even relate to footwear specifically but it would i would try to use it to inspire like a like a shoe or something um and basically i would save all these images on my computer and i was just running out of memory and there was also this this there was a stigma about design um there was a couple ones so one one being that like i think when designers in particular um in the footwear industry and well, I'd say elsewhere as well. Um, it's quite, I'll say there's quite a lot of jealousy within the like product design world, uh, at least in the older world. Um, I think it's changing massively right now, 
but it was kind of a, like a cathartic like way for me to just rather than to be jealous of anything that someone's doing or like um you know be scared of sharing else's someone else's great work because that maybe made me feel like i wasn't doing as well sharing these things that i think that i thought were great was just an exercise in me being completely open and um not being as not being like a insecure designer like because i'm very like secure i'm not i wouldn't say i have a massive ego but i definitely feel like i'm very good at what i do and i can celebrate other people's work and that doesn't mean that my work isn't as good um so it's, a, it's definitely an exercise in that but it's also a way uh for me to share that just because just because like me or my friends or whatever independent designers that doesn't mean that we weren't good enough to work uh, full-time for a brand this is a choice and so I'm kind of living that and trying to share that as much as I can and, and just show that you know um, working for working independently isn't worse than working for a brand um, it's not saying I'm not saying it's better than working for a brand but it's definitely not worse it's you know they're both different paths so there's a lot I guess that goes into both of those things like the Mr. Bailey and the concept of stuff um, but yeah, those are like the underlying messages, I guess. Interesting. So you're talking a little bit about um, being independent versus being, yeah, working for like a big name company. Um, is there anything you find particularly inspiring or challenging about being independent? Yeah, I, I think the just like the underlying freedom of it is the most inspiring thing. I mean, I'm, case in point, we're sat in Chicago <clears throat> right now. I'm flying to LA in a couple hours. Um, all through, like you know, I'm in I'm in Chicago because I've got a collaboration with Timberland, where I'm basically getting people that I admire to work together with a massive brand like Timberland and work with them and have access to all that. Like that is just an incredible. I can't even believe that's actually happening to this like to this day. Um, and then flying to LA to have meetings about projects that I just. If I if I if I try to explain them, I just sound like I'm showing off. Like it's uh, it's it's completely like it's that it's that complete freedom, but it's also just the ability now to um, provide for myself, for my family, and um, obviously that is it's super inspiring. But it's also it's just fun. You know what I mean? It's just I get to do what I genuinely love to do, and I don't consider it work. You know, I mean, there are bits that are maybe not as fun, but I'd say that the bits I enjoy far outweigh those bits that are a bit boring, to be fair. Um, you know, and there's challenges. Um, I think being independent, the most valuable kind of thing that you can have is stability. Um, if you get to a place where, even if it's just like, I remember when I first moved to London, I was like, I'd be happy with a thousand pounds, a thousand pounds a month. As long as I know that I have that, you know, I couldn't survive with that, but I know at least if I have that, if like everything goes to shit, I know that at the end of the month, I've got that. Um, and so now I'm, I'm happen, I happen to be in a very good place with that. And so, you know, just these little steps, like, cause when, you know, everyone always thinks it's funny cause so I'm kind of going back and forth, but I'm just remembering things. Mm -hmm. So my buddy, one of my, one of my best mates, uh, just sold his business. Uh, we played basketball together in America and he just sold his company. Like he's, he's, uh, he, he's good for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, and bear in mind now, like 
you know, he's he's extremely wealthy now. So like, and that's not to show off. This is doesn't have anything to do with me. But like, I remember him saying to me, we were in my apartment, and I was like, you know what's funny is people always say that like you need that fire and that hunger of not knowing when your next meal is gonna be to like light that fire under your ass. And he's like, I'm I'm more mo- motivated now than ever because I've got the I've got the tools. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's how I feel right now. Like, it's it gives me some breathing room to, like, make more informed decisions rather than just having to just do stuff just because I don't know, I have to do it. So now I can say no, which is a new thing. Like, you know, I can say no to projects. I can do what I want to do. I can make informed decisions. And I can do projects that I think are important that might not be that uh much of a monetary gain in them initially or ever but i think they're important and i can do them which is amazing so you know i think it's all perspective you know i think you if you're the kind of person that if you get like a wedge of cash and then you're going to stop doing what you're doing then you probably weren't that passionate about it um but i think if you are passionate and then you do get to that level that to that level and you do have the means and the access then it just takes things to another level so that's kind of like a i guess where i'm at right now Definitely. Um, do you so you you do wear two hats, both creator and also curator with your your website. Do you feel like there's one that you get approached with to collaborate for more, or do you identify with one stronger at this point? I think I've always I've always identified more as being a creator. The curation has always been, I guess, just something that I've done in order to create. Um, and I wouldn't even necessarily like, I don't know, I've always kind of, you know, I started Concept Kicks while I was in Belgium in my bedroom, you know what I mean? So it's, I still have that vibe about it. Um, so it's always amazing to me when other people know about it. Um, and what was crazy, I think like New York and LA were the largest, uh, was, were, had the like, largest following. And at the time I couldn't even go to America. So it was just like, it was, it was, a, it was mad for me. Um, I think that, they rely so heavily on each other for any type of collaboration um, that it's hard to say which one I get approached to more. I would probably say as a creator. I mean, and that's probably because that's the energy that I put out. I feel like I want to be known as a creator, more as a creator, but like also just um, it doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be me specifically creating. It can be me. And that's, I guess, where the curating, the curating comes uh, comes as well, where I'm curating people together and they create, which is um, which is what I'm really happy in doing as well. I like to create, but I also like to like help build scenarios where other people can create as well. But I also feel like that's part of like my creation. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I yeah. think they're so inherently like linked to each other. It's hard to say, to be honest. That's great. I think I think as designers, community is super super important. For sure. Um, and you're clearly your community seems to be global at this point. You're heading to LA. Is there a project or a group that you're especially excited to start working with soon? Any things you could tell us about? Yeah, I mean, I think just um, the construct one double zero six one stuff with Timberland continues to evolve at like a rate that I don't think anybody involved in it initially would was expecting. Um, and so I'm just looking forward. To, I'm really looking forward to that. I feel like that's such. The whole, like the, the whole genesis genesis of that you know and, and, and how it's got to where it is now i think that you know if this was a baby it's only just been born mm-hmm. you know the fact that people could actually buy the product that only happened a couple of days ago 
So in that whole sense, like I'm really, I'm still very, very excited about that. Um, I want every project that we do together to be um, to be unique and different. Each like just like uh, really exploratory and just trying different methods and make trying out different processes, getting people involved that have absolutely nothing to do with footwear. You know, get people from all over like the all different industries involved, trying different techniques. Like that really excites me. Um, I think that like industrial design as a general, like we're always all about process. I think because there's so many things that you can do with it, the one thing that you have at your within your arsenal is your process that you can apply to anything. That's what makes it such an. That's why it's so hard to explain to people what industrial design is. That if they don't have a clue what it is, it's like well, I can design anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if, for someone to hear that, that it's like that that doesn't make any sense, but it's. It's your process that allows you to be so flexible, um, and yeah. So just that's what the whole construct project is to me. Um, it's something that I'm learning from so much as well. I'm not. I, I'm. A, I was like a prototypical, prototypical, prototypical designer. You know, I'd, I'd get, I'd have my research and my paper and my pen, and I would be in my corner for hours, just like sketching, sketching, sketching. And then you know, every design was like layered, a story. And, uh, like you know trying different materials and saying what you know just 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 you know super thought out and then it's like you get to this factory and you have really no clue of what kind of machinery you have access to when, when you get there it's like you can have all the plans in the world but when you get there and you see all this stuff that you can do it you know your plan kind of goes right out the window um which is great it's an it's like it's an exercise and it's an extra i can't speak it's an exercise for me to like see how other people create and how they use the machinery, how they how they talk to each other, how they're working with the factory uh, workers. Um, so so yeah, I guess that's a long way of saying I'm excited about that project. Um, in LA, I have some meetings of some very interesting, diverse people. Um, can't really name names, but it will. You probably see it starts to roll out towards uh, the end of the summer, hopefully. But that's like that's super mad as well. So I'm super excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess just in general, just you know, being here at ComplexCon, I uh, had a bunch of my friends kind of flying, and they're all doing incredible stuff by themselves. Um, you know, just having you know went to dinner. Um, you know, like 20, 25 people deep, just rolling around Chicago, just, you know, on bikes, having fun. Um, I love that side of it. So, yeah. Do you have any, any dream collaborators, any stretch goals, somebody you'd love to work with? Yeah. Um, and to be honest, one of the, one of the people that I'm tr- would love to work with, I'm meeting about, not meeting, but hopefully working towards doing something with them on this LA trip. So we'll see. As far as actual people or brands and things like that, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've been really lucky to like work with like Takashi, like a, from 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 an artistic standpoint. You know, it doesn't really doesn't get much better than that for this for this era. I think it would be cool to work with, you know, someone that is doing. Someone that's doing something that isn't necessarily even that well known. Just you know, there's a guy from Canada. I forget his name. It's called, it's called like Intern or something. And this guy is like, 
you know, he's, uh, for lack of a better term, I feel like he's a genius um, for like material processes and understanding of, you know, what he does. Um, it would be interesting to do something with him. Um, I think it's just, for me, I, I want to continue to collaborate with people that makes it makes sense for us to work together. So we both bring each other something different. Um, so whether like it's with Timbaland, it's just access, or if it's just a mindset, um, I'm just excited to see where it can go. I'm supposed to be, I don't even know how much I can talk about it. It's so annoying. <laughs> There's another brand that does like really, they're known for function. They are definitely a leader in the industry for what they do. And so we've been back and forth about working together on something. And they're actually working on this other thing with me right now. But um, my whole thing is just working with people that are, are, are like the pinnacle of what they do from like a from, a from a functional standpoint. And then just being able to add some like, I don't know, some of either like Concept Kicks vibe or Mr. Bailey, Mr. Bailey vibe to that and to see how we can, you know, put a spotlight on what they're doing and take it to a, maybe a slightly different place. Mm. Um, so yeah, I didn't really name any names specifically. I mean, I'm one of them like super annoying interviews where they just talk in riddles, but. <laughs> it's a fun puzzle for listeners. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so you, you mentioned you, you have your own kind of tenor, your own vibe. How would you describe the perspective you bring into projects? Um, I think, it, you know, like I say, there are some definite, um, you know, things that I, I, I'd say remain true or hold true for any projects. Um, again, there has to be a reason. It can't just be like, I've always said I wouldn't want to just collaborate with a brand and just do a colorway, colorway of an existing product or, you know, specifically for shoes, obviously, uh, but for anything really. Um, I think I would always bring, I guess it, it's different. If it, if it was for Concept Kicks, I'd want to see how we could, how we could get people involved um, you know, myself, maybe a few friends that are, again, from different industries, we could see how we could get in there and we could do something that was completely different, whether it's a material supplier or even a factory or an individual, you know, I, I love just like bringing in different, um, companies and, and people and just like, let's just create this little microcosm of just, you know, a special vibe just for this, just for this project, you know, it might not be. A massive money making thing or whatever but this is going to be important um you know for people to be inspired by for, for you to like use this as inspiration for your mainline stuff that is more commercially viable um so from a concept kick side it's more like that it's, it's always going to be experimental in my mind um you know the commerciality of that i feel like will come um and then from mr bailey side i'd say um it's more I want to. Uh, I always try to have a mindset of that. What is the reason for the aesthetic? Is there a function and um, proponent to it? A little bit more product design. I wouldn't say it's like, you know, super embedded in those kind of core product design rules. If there are any rules, um, I like to be. I think that, you know, I don't want to. Put a cage on creativity i want it to be yeah, i definitely have my core values of like you know want that to be function but at the same time if we come up with an incredible like sustainable material innovation and it doesn't necessarily have any added functionality but it's more just about 
the story of using more sustainable minded things like I'm cool with that you know um I just think that this always needs to be like a deep layer it can't just be like oh it looks cool and that's it um that just yeah just I guess I bring I want to bring as many layers as possible Excellent. A long way of saying that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, you know, we talk a lot about legacy and what, what do we want to contribute to the community? Um, is there any, maybe like as briefly as possible, do you think you have? <laughs> what, what do you have in mind what you want your legacy to be? Um, I think I just want to be known as an innovator. Um, right on. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that encompasses everything really you know bringing people together my own projects creations other people's creations um yeah that's as brief as i could probably make it okay great well um i want to make sure that you have enough time to get to your airport head off to la get (laughs) all your meetings in um okay let's actually go back to you mentioned uh takashi Murakama, Kami, oh no, Murakami, I messed up the name. Uh, you did a work, you did some work with him before. What made that project so rewarding? Oh, that was like the first time. So you know what's what's actually really funny is I actually managed to like distill what that is, the why it was so important to me um, over the past couple of days. So I mean, there's the obvious things. I mean, you're working with Takashi Murakami and uh, and everything that he brings, and he's just you know. It's one of those people where you know they say that you shouldn't meet like your idols or things like that, but Takashi is exactly what you would imagine him to be. He's just like a lovely guy, um, super fun. He, you know, he, he is what he portrays himself to be. So from that side, you know, the positives of that and just the exposure and all that stuff. But um, the reason why I think it was so valuable for me personally, uh, from like a creative process standpoint, is one, it made me realize what kind of access that I have and, and how like incredible the people around me are. So um, I used to do these these things called Sunday sketches. And it was just a way for me to like um, just have fun, challenge myself with like a different like sketch perspective. Um, and just, I don't know, just kind of challenge myself and do something that, you know, I was, I was uh, working as a studio and work and having clients and making shoes professionally, I was kind of always of the opinion that like, if I design something that is really nice, I'll just make it. So this was like a way of like challenging everything. So if someone did actually like make that design, I wasn't, I wouldn't be mad. I'd just be happy because it was like a ridiculous sketch, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just a way of getting my creativity and not having, again, no, uh, barriers associated with like creating a, co- a commercially viable uh, product because that's what I was doing like every day was you know it's cool how do we make a commercial how do we make a commercial etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, which is probably why I'm so I'm not anti-commercial now but I just I value creative freedom and then working backwards from that to make something more commercial um, but then I stopped doing the Sunday sketches um, and I didn't really know why the, motiv- the motivation kind of like petered out thought it was because I was being busy or I was a bit lazy or whatever it was. Um, but I found out like after a, I did a Takashi project, that's basically like, a, uh, that's the next level of what that Sunday sketch is. It's, it's creating a shoe that isn't bound by commerciality and just being completely free, but now having the access to make it 
of an actual object. I don't think people realize that Takashi shoe was actually fully molded and 100% like wearable. So like the outsole was rubber, the midsole EVA, um, and it was a fully wearable, you know, art piece essentially. Um, and so, you know, for me, it was just like another way of, this is, this is like another outlet. It's like, that, like I say, that next level is great if you can sketch something and, you know, um, and you can get your ideas out to people um, in a 2D format. But if you're able to execute at a high enough level to get something out um, in 3D form that represents your initial idea, like, well, then you know, that's that's pretty incredible. So that's what it was to me. It's that, it's that realization of that, like, initial kind of outlet of just freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you're, you know, looking around for sources of inspiration, whether it's something that you're going to use for a project or maybe something that you'll, you know, repost onto Concept Kicks, are there things in particular that you look for? Or? Not really. Um, I think it all just kind of hits you differently. Um, one of the, I think, the most valuable, um, I guess, kind of assets for me is, I mean, I travel a lot. I talk to people, you know, quite a lot. People always say like traveling is the most inspiring thing, and I, I agree. I definitely think it is, but I also think I also think having like an archive of imagery to look at when you kind of have like a fresh set of eyes is the most inspiring thing for me. Um, so like I have a Tumblr page on Concept Kicks, and um, when I'm scrolling through imagery, what what I think would be interesting to post. I don't specifically know what's going to inspire what, but there's like there's almost certain images that I look at and like that's going to be inspiring for something at some point. And um, I always think that depending on what project you have in mind, you can be inspired by something that you've been looking at every single day. But as soon as you think of it, if, think of it with a slightly different context, it can be completely. It can just look. It can just completely change your way of thinking. So like. That's why I think the Timberland thing, sorry, the Tumblr, the Tumblr thing is so interesting, is so important to me because if I'm thinking about like, if I had a project working for a toothbrush company, I'm looking to make a toothbrush that does a specific thing, then I might be scrolling down and see an image of a particular material that I've looked at, you know, every time I look at that Tumblr, but then piecing those two together or, you know, or linking those two together kind of brings out something else, you know, uh, in me. and. At the core, that's what innovation is. You know, like you bring these two existing ideas together to create something new. Um, so for me, it's just about like keeping this Rolodex of imagery, wherever I'm just taking a picture of it on my phone or whether it's through Tumblr or whatever, and just knowing that like I've got that in my pocket. And at some point, this is probably going to be quite. This is gonna. This is gonna bring something out of me. Um, so I wouldn't say there's necessarily a rhyme or reason, or you know, it's just like. It's pretty random, to be fair. Um, I remember there was this, I can't remember who it was, but there was a shoe designer that um, said that he would just take pictures. He would, he would see things on, by accident and um, he would assume they were one way and then find out they were another. And so like this one time he, he saw this guy walking um, on like the street, whether I think he was in New York in a taxi and he saw someone wear a pair of shoes and he was like, oh, that is the most amazing design. And um, he actually got out, uh, apparently he does this quite a lot. He got out and ran after this person to take a picture of the shoes. <laughs> and to be careful doing that, I'm a big guy, so I probably don't <laughs> want to see me running after you. Um, 
but he went to the shoes and he realized that it wasn't the shoe wasn't the way he thought it was actually the way the shadow was uh sit, like laying on top of the shoe and then he was that's what ended up well like well, that's basically what ended up being the inspiration for like his whole line that he created and so it's almost just like just being aware of, or, or, and being able to be in the moment where there can be an accident and I, I do it every now and again as well you know you see something you think you see it in a particular way but it's actually not like that and then you just got to make sure that you're being present and aware enough in that moment to you know take advantage of that definitely makes sense the randomness of creativity yeah totally Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for talking with us today. I am, this is Cat Riser signing off for the Advanced Design Podcast uh, context. Definitely join us next time. I think that's good, unless you wanted to get anything else in. No, that's cool with me. Yeah, great. Well, thank you so much. No. For meeting.